This is ARN. Decidedly Christian, distinctly biblical, and just a little bit nuts. This is Squirrel Chatter. And welcome to the Piney Woods, ladies and gentlemen. I am your Squirrel, the host, coming to you from the ARN studios, high atop the tallest tree in the Piney Woods. Good to have you with us. It is Tuesday, the 27th day of February, 2024. And this is Squirrel Chatter, a podcast dedicated to scripture, theology, history, current events, and whatever else I want to talk about. We webcast every Monday through Friday at 7.30 a.m. Mountain on X, Facebook, and Rumble. And then the podcast is available for download wherever you find fine podcasts. Squirrel Chatter is a proud member of the Christian Podcast Community. Head on over to ChristianPodcastCommunity.com. Check out all the great curated podcasts that are over there. You are certain to find something worth listening to. I guarantee it. How are you doing today? Hmm. It is a good morning. I've got coffee, freshly poured a cup of coffee. I do love my coffee. Coffee is one of the ways God shows that he loves us. Excuse me. So, yesterday I got a package in the mail that I had ordered uh, uh, last week or late the week before. And uh, so what several weeks ago. Um, well, let me start off this way. This is the original, uh, New Testament Psalms and Proverbs of the Legacy Standard Bible that was, was to be given out at Shep conference, uh, Shepherd's Conference, but they canceled that year because Grace Church was embroiled in their, um, legal battle with the state of California and the city of Los Angeles which they won. By the way, the Essential Church documentary is available to stream for free on the Grace Media app, which is the app that you get all of MacArthur's, the, the current Grace Church stuff. So you get all the, all the Bible studies, all the fellowship groups, all of the worship services. They're all on that Grace Media app. Well, you can watch The Essential Church for free on the Grace Media app. So I wanted to bring that up. But because of that lawsuit and everything, they did not have a Shepherds Conference that year. And the reason was that the lawyers said, you know, you got a pretty good case for not shutting down church. But if you go and hold a conference, that might, you know, the, 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 uh, the optics won't be good. So, gosh, it was at the last minute. I think it was like two weeks before the conference that they pulled the plug. I, went, I know I was all set to go. I was ready to, to head down there. But uh, these were the New Testaments that they were going to give out. So this was the first in-print uh, version of the Legacy Standard Bible, New Testament, Psalms, and Proverbs. And uh, uh, Phil Johnson at Grace to you sent me this, which I greatly appreciate. He has been a good friend over the years. I'm looking forward to seeing him next week. But uh, this has been my carry Bible, for want of a better word, since then. Um, and, you know, I've got 
tracks and and uh, invitation cards to to church. I've even got a few Christian podcast community flyers in the back to if somebody's interested in finding the podcast. And and so this is this is usually or at least was until recently usually in the pocket of my my pants. I wear cargo pants all the time. This would be in the left thigh. <laughs> so but oh gosh year or so I don't even know if it was a year ago yet. Um they came out with the compact edition. This is the full Bible text. It's the same size as the New Testament Psalms and Proverbs as far as length and width. More than twice as thick because it has the entire Old Testament. And I haven't, I've had this and I haven't, it's been in my pocket a few times. Um, I haven't really used it. I'm going to, this is what's going to be in my pocket at Shepherd's Conference so that I don't have to walk around with a backpack or anything. I'm going to have a Bible with me so that I can, I can follow along during the preaching and teaching, but it's going to be this one. But last couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago, maybe, Answers in Genesis launched a, or dropped a, an interview that uh, Ken Ham did with Dr. Abner Chow, who was the, I don't know, managing editor. He was the head of the translation committee that uh, put together the Legacy Standard Bible. He is the president of the Master's University and uh, um, a, a a relatively good friend of mine. Um, not we don't hang out or anything like that, but it's always we always seem to chat when we get together, and that's always nice to don't don't see him often. Usually just once a year, and I'm not calling him and stuff during the week. So I, we're not buddy buddy, but but uh, he is someone whom I like and respect, and and we have a relationship. Well, he was being interviewed on by Ken Ham for Answers in Genesis about the Legacy Standard Bible, and it seems that Answers in Genesis is adopting the Legacy Standard Bible as their translation of choice, which uh, I, I greatly appreciate. Um, I think it is, in the words of John MacArthur, the most uh, accurate Bible translation available. It is what we have been using here on the podcast for the last several years. Um, Squirrel Chatter was the first podcast to read all the way through the Legacy Standard Bible. Um, and so that was, you know, we, we did it in a year. And uh, hopefully you benefited from that. Um, and it is what I'm using when I do my scripture reading. It's what we're using during our study Bible level Bible study is the Legacy Standard Bible. So, Steadfast Bibles and Answers in Genesis have come out with their own edition of the Psalms, New Testaments, uh, uh, Psalm, uh, New Testament Psalms and Proverbs, but it has the book of Genesis in it. So it is Genesis, New Testament, Psalms and Proverbs. Um, great witnessing tool uh, uh, because you have, as, as Ken Ham has said, you have the bad news of Genesis before you have the good news of the gospel. You have to, you know, I've always said, if you don't know the bad news, then you don't know that the good news is good. And and 
So that's the same thing. So I ordered one of these from from Answers in Genesis. It's the uh, <clears throat> this is the the art imitation leather cover. It's got the LSB imprint on the front cover there that you can see, and then on the back cover, it's got. Uh, let's see if I can get the light on it. It's got the Answers in Genesis logo down there at the bottom. Don't know if you can make that out. Um, it's 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 just embossed on a black uh, imitation leather cover, but very nice. Not much bigger than the the original um, uh, New Testament Psalms and Proverbs, but it has the Book of Genesis. Which so Genesis, you know, Genesis, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. So I just got that and I'm really excited about it. I like it. Um, I bought it from Answers in Genesis. I believe Steadfast Bibles is selling it as well. Um, I don't know if Steadfast Bibles version has the Answers in Genesis logo. It might, it just might be a, a, a thing entirely, you know, with Answers in Genesis, but, uh, but very cool. Very cool. So. I've got one of those now. Um, it will find a, it will find a place in a use. Um, uh, maybe when I, that may become my standard carry Bible, <laughs> as opposed to the the just the New Testament Psalms and Proverbs. The compact Bible is nice, but it's a little bit heavy for carrying all the time. Um, I can I can slip that New Testament Psalms and Proverbs in my pocket, and I don't know I have it. If I slip that Bible in my pocket, I'm aware of it the whole time <laughs> as it's slapping against my leg and everything because it's more than twice as heavy. Um, so I'm thinking that the Genesis New Testament Psalms and Proverbs might just be my new carry Bible, transfer all my, uh, all my uh, uh, tracks over to it and everything. Um, and generally, the only track I carry on a regular basis is this one from Grace Church. It's What Does It Mean to Be a Christian? It's just a little card, two sides, with, uh, with the gospel on it. Um, it begins with God is the sovereign creator. God is holy. Mankind is sinful. Sin demands a penalty. Jesus is Lord and Savior, and then the character of saving faith, and then gracechurch.org website at the bottom. This is normally what I carry, and uh, I like to, this is, I'll walk people through this, and we'll look up all the scriptures and we'll talk about it, um, which is one of the reasons why it's good to have an entire uh, Old Testament, because this has quotations from Isaiah and everything. So having a full Bible is a nice thing when you're witnessing, but you know, you got your phone, right? If you don't have good Bible software on your phone, get some. Uh, the, the literal word app is free. And the literal word app, which is my favorite Bible app, it's the one we're using for our morning scripture readings here on the podcast. And it is, um, like I said, it's free. It, it, it even has some original language tools so that you can, you can do word studies. It uh, has the King James Version, the ESV, the New American Standard 95, and the Legacy Standard Bible. 
Those four translations are on there. Um, quickly to, quick to navigate. You can adjust the font size, make it as big as you want. So even on a phone, it can be useful. Um, I have it on my phone. I have it on both of my iPads, um, my iPad and my iPad mini. And so I would commend that to you as well. So, you know, have a Bible with you in some form, electronic or physical, and be ready to share the gospel. Most people hear the gospel through friends and neighbors and strangers in coffee shops. You know, they're, they're, they're very few who hear the gospel for the first time in a church service. It, it's, it's the job of every Christian to share their faith. You should know what the gospel is, and you should be able to communicate it. Very important. Um, so I would commend that to you. And, and as I said, here's another new tool, Genesis New Testament, Psalms and Proverbs. Um, I was excited when I heard about it, and so I ordered one. And now I have one. Not, not expensive. Uh, it's an imitation leather. Um, it has no ribbons or anything like that. It's just the text. Um, there's no footnotes or cross-references or anything. It's just the text. But, uh, but yeah, I plan on uh, taking my ruler and my pencil and marking up the, the verses I use for evangelism and whatnot. And, and this might be my, my little uh, carry Bible from now on. Uh, just like It just came yesterday, and I'm excited about it. Answers in Genesis is not a sponsor of Squirrel Chatter, neither is Steadfast Bibles. Um, but I am a booster of both of those organizations. So that is that. Now for a sip of coffee and a continuation of our podcast this morning. Mm. Good coffee. This is uh, Costco, San Francisco Bay. <laughs> French roast. It's uh, not an expensive coffee. Mm. Buy the beans at Costco in a three-pound bag. It's among the least expensive coffees I buy. And no, it's not the best coffee, but it's not a bad coffee. And the price of it makes it worthwhile. Um, and it's been my go-to coffee for many, many years. I need to Pull that up and give myself a little bit of slack. Don't turn my head. I'm yanking my head around. Wires, technology, podcast problems. All right. What do we got coming up today? We do have scripture reading from the Legacy Standard Bible. We have prayers from the Book of Common Prayer. We have a reading from John MacArthur's Daily Readings from the Life of Christ. Hmm. And our study Bible level Bible study of Deuteronomy continues. We are in Deuteronomy 30 today. You know, we're getting close to the end of Deuteronomy. There's, what, 30, how many chapters? 33? We have 34 chapters in Deuteronomy. So we are getting close to the end. Um, 
So I got to figure out where we're going next <laughs> as we continue our study Bible level Bible study. Um, do we do a gospel? Yeah, maybe Mark or maybe one of the Old Testament prophets. We could do Isaiah. Isaiah might be fun. Yeah, we could do Isaiah. We could do Jeremiah. We might just start going through the prophets. I'll be thinking about that. That would be good. That would be really good. Drop me a line. <laughs> Squirrel chatter at protonmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Let me know where you want to, where you want to go next in our study Bible level Bible study. All right, let us begin, as is our practice, with the prayer of confession from the 2019 Book of Common Prayer. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from your ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against your holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done. And apart from your grace, there is no health in us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Spare all those who confess their faults. Restore all those who are penitent, according to your promises declared to all people in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may now live a godly, righteous, and sober life to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Grant to your faithful people, merciful Lord, pardon and peace, that we may be cleansed from all our sins and serve you with a quiet mind. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now our prayer for the reading of the word. Blessed Lord, who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by patience and the comfort of your holy word we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life which you have given us in our Savior Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Our scripture reading today will be Exodus chapter 4 and Psalm 54. And so let's turn to Exodus chapter 4. Then Moses answered and said, What if they do not believe me and will not listen to my voice? For they may say, Yahweh has not appeared to you. And Yahweh said to him, What is this in your hand? And he said, A staff. Then he said, Throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground, and it became a serpent, and Moses fled from it. And Yahweh said to Moses, Stretch out your hand and grasp it by its tail. So he stretched out his hand and took a hold of it, and it became a staff in his hand that they may believe that Yahweh, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. And Yahweh furthermore said to him, Now put your hand into your bosom. So he put his hand into his bosom, then he took it out, and behold, his hand was leprous like snow. Then he said, Return your hand to your bosom. So he returned his hand into his bosom. And when he took, out, took it out of his bosom, behold, it returned to being like the rest of his flesh. And so it will be if they do not believe you or listen to the witness of the first sign, they may believe the witness of this last sign. But if it will be that they do not believe even these two signs and that they will not listen to your voice, 
Then you shall take some of the water from the Nile and pour it on the dry land, and the water which you take from the Nile will become blood on the dry land. Then Moses said to Yahweh, Please, Lord, I have never been a man of words, neither recently nor in times past, nor since you have spoken to your slave, for I am one with a hard mouth and a hard tongue. And Yahweh said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Or who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, Yahweh? So now go, and I, even I, will be with your mouth and will instruct you what you shall speak. But he said, Please, Lord, send now the messenger, the message by whomever you will. Then the anger of Yahweh burned against Moses, and he said, Is there not your brother Aaron the Levite? I know that he can certainly speak, and moreover, behold, he is coming out to meet you, and he will see you and be glad in his heart. And you are to speak to him and put the words in his mouth, and I, even I, will be with your mouth and with his mouth, and I will instruct you in what you shall do. Moreover, he shall speak for you to the people, and he will become as a mouth for you, and you will become as God to him. And you shall take in your hand this staff, with which you shall do the signs. Then Moses went and returned to Jethro his father-in-law, and said to him, Please let me go, that I may return to my brothers who are in Egypt, and see if they are still alive. And Jethro said to Moses, Go in peace. And Yahweh said to Moses in Midian, Go, return to Egypt, for all the men who were seeking your life are dead. So Moses took his wife and his sons and mounted them on a donkey and returned to the land of Egypt. Moses also took the staff of God in his hand. And Yahweh said to Moses, When you go to return to Egypt, see to it that all the miraculous wonders which I have put in your hand, that you do them before Pharaoh. But as for me, I will harden his heart with strength, so that he will not let the people go. Then you shall say to Pharaoh, Thus says Yahweh, Israel is my son, my firstborn. So I said to you, Let my son go, that he may serve me. But you have refused to let him go. Behold, I will kill your son, your firstborn. Now it happened at the lodging place on the way to Yahweh, on the way that Yahweh encountered him and sought to put him to death. Then Sipporah took a flint and cut off her son's foreskin and touched his feet with it. And she said, You are indeed a bridegroom of blood to me. So he let him, so he let him alone. At that time she said, You are a bridegroom of blood with reference to the circumcision. Then Yahweh said to Aaron, Go to meet Moses in the wilderness. So he went and encountered him at the mountain of God and kissed him. And Moses told Aaron all the words of Yahweh which he, with which he had sent him, and all the signs that he had commanded him to do. Then Moses and Aaron went and gathered all the elders of the sons of Israel. And Aaron spoke all the words which Yahweh had spoken to Moses. He then did the signs in the sight of the people. So the people believed, and they heard that Yahweh cared about the sons of Israel, and that he had seen their affliction. So they bowed low and worshipped. And now Psalm 54. Psalm 54, for the choir director, with stringed instruments, a mass kill of David, 
when the Ziphites came and said to Saul, Is not David hiding himself among us? O God, save me by your name, and render justice to me by your might. O God, hear my prayer, give ear to the words of my mouth. For strangers have risen against me, and ruthless men have sought my life. They have not set God before them, Selah. Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is among those who sustain my soul. He will return the evil to my foes. Destroy them in your truth. With a free will offering I will sacrifice to you. I will give thanks to your name, O Yahweh, for it is good. For he has delivered me from all distress, and my eye has looked in triumph upon my enemies. This is the word of the Lord. And now our reading from Daily Readings from the Life of Christ by John MacArthur. Jesus and the Leper, Part 1, is today's devotional. When Jesus came down from the mountain, large crowds followed him. And a leper came to him and bowed down before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Matthew 8, 1 and 2. Leprosy was the most feared and contagious disease in the ancient world. Spongy, tumor-like swellings grew on the face and the body, and eventually leprosy affected the internal organs and bones. In ancient Israel, lepers were vivid object lessons regarding sin. Like leprosy, sin infects the entire person, see Ephesians 2.1, and is ugly, corrupting, and incurable without extraordinary means. Several things stand out about the leper who came to Jesus for healing. First, he came to him with confidence. He obviously sensed Jesus' love and tenderness and somehow knew that the Lord did not mind associating with him. The leper's primary concern was his tremendous need and Christ's all-sufficient ability and willingness to meet it. Second, the leprous man approached Jesus with reverence. His boldness in calling out to Jesus and coming near derived not from presumption but from humble adoration. The word rendered bowed down means to prostrate oneself, and it is also translated worship in the New Testament, Acts 7.43 and Revelation 4.10. The leper's attitude suggests he addressed Jesus as Lord, not simply as Sir, but in recognition of his deity. He knew that as God's Son, Jesus could heal his horrible disease. Ironically, this man is a striking contrast to the Jewish leaders. They were always clean and lavishly attired, but inwardly they were corrupt and unbelieving. The man with leprosy, on the other hand, was outwardly repulsive in appearance, but inwardly he was worshipful and full of sincere faith. Ask yourself, noting the analogy between sin and leprosy, imagine if sin's effects actually did show themselves on our faces and skin. How would this affect our behavior and obedience? What does that tell us about how deceitful of the deceitfulness of sin and how to counteract it? Good word there. Uh, be, be killing sin or sin will be killing you, as John Owen said. Um, there's, a, there's a book for you for 2024, if you're still adding to your reading list for this year, 
If you have not read, and even if you have read it, rereading it is always a good thing. Uh, John Owen, the the death of death in the death of Christ. Fabulous work on the atonement. Very very deep and worth your your time and your effort to study and understand. Um, can't recommend it highly enough. Um, that's one of the books that I at least skim every year. Um, if I don't read every word, I still look it over every year. Um, another book that I look at frequently is J.C. Ryle's Holiness. Um, another good book just on, on sanctification and living a holy life. Very important work. Um, and, and something that I would commend to you as well. Um, Christians should be readers. We really should. I mean, obviously we're people of the book, but we're also people of books. <laughs> um, there have been many great pastors and theologians through the years who have recorded their thoughts for us and they are in books and, and it is, it is well worth our effort to, to spend time with the, the, the saints of old who have gone before us. Most of the books I read, not all by any means, but most of the books I read were written by old dead guys because the, they, they were used by God mightily in ages past and in previous generations, and they're still being used by God now for us. All right, it is Tuesday, so we are in our study Bible level Bible study of Deuteronomy. We are picking up in chapter 30. And as is our practice, I will read a paragraph and then we'll talk about it. So Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 1 through 5. So it will be. When all of these things have come upon you, the blessing and the curse which I have set before you, and you cause these things to return to your heart in all the nations where Yahweh your God has banished you, and you return to Yahweh your God and listen to his voice with all your heart and soul according to all that I am commanding you today, you and your sons, then Yahweh your God will return you from captivity and return his compassion on you. And he will gather you again from all the peoples where Yahweh your God has scattered you. If those of you who are banished are at the ends of the sky, from there Yahweh your God will gather you, and from there he will take you back. And Yahweh your God will bring you into the land which your fathers possessed, and you shall possess it. And he will prosper you and multiply you more than your fathers. So again, we see the prophetic nature of the blessings and cursings. Moses starts here, he says, when all of these things take place, not if, but when, both the, the blessing and the curse, when all of these things that we've looked at in the few preceding chapters that would happen for obedience and that would happen for disobedience, when they happen, when they've taken place, and you return to your heart in all the nations where Yahweh your God has banished you. This is a plural you. This is a you referring to the nation of Israel. When you Israelites 
win all y'all, <laughs> to, to put it in the southern vernacular, when all y'all return <laughs> in your hearts to God. So this is, a, a you know, in all the nations where Yahweh your God has banished you, well, obviously he's not banishing an individual to all nations. <laughs> he's banishing the nation of Israel and scattering them among all the nations. Um, so when your heart returns to Yahweh, you know, and you return to Yahweh with your, in your hearts and you listen to his voice. So this is talking about faith and obedience. When Israel comes to faith, this has not happened yet. Now, there are individual Israelites who have repented of their sins and put their faith in Jesus Christ. And they are part of the church. <laughs> they are not part of national Israel. They're not a separate category. In, in this present dispensation, and yes, I'm going to use the word, in this present church age, all of the saved are part of the church. Jew and Gentile alike. This is one of the messages of, of Ephesians, that Jew and Gentile have been melded together into one body in Christ, and that is the church. This, you know, and, and, and Paul talks about that, you know, the remnant of, of Jews who believe currently vast minority of the Israelites in the world. But there are some. And, but there is coming a day when God will bring the nation of Israel to repentance. In, in, in Romans, this is when the, the last of the Gentiles have come in. When the times of the Gentiles are over. There is a point in time, there is a, there is a, a, a line, there is a number. And when that number and it's not just a, a number in a in a count. It's a number, a specific number of known individuals. <laughs> um, and when that number is reached, when all of the elect of the church age are saved, then God will turn his attention back to Israel and all Israel will be saved. This is the purpose of the tribulation period. And, and so this is, and the millennial kingdom is the fulfillment of this process. Look at this. It says, you turn back to God, you and your sons, then Yahweh your God will return you from captivity and return his compassion on you, and he will gather you again from all the peoples where Yahweh your God has scattered you. If those of you who are banished are at the ends of the sky, from there Yahweh your God will gather you, and from there he will take you back. So imagine that uh, God does not, you know, Christ does not return in the near future. Imagine it's several hundred years from now, and we have colonies on the moon and in Mars and on orbital habitats. And, and working, you know, we finally got smart and moved all the dirty industries off Earth. And we're mining the asteroids and smelting 
uh, minerals up in space and, and Earth has returned to a more park-like space without strip mines and polluting factories and whatnot. And so you are an Israelite on a moon of Jupiter working in a mine. If those of you who are banished are at the ends of the sky, from there Yahweh your God will gather you. And from there, he will take you back. I'm not saying that, you know, that's going to happen, that we're going to settle the solar system. We have the technology. We have the knowledge. It's something that, you know, from a technological and industrial point of view, we ought to be doing. Um, because there's tons of minerals and, and metals and all that stuff out there that we could avail ourselves of without having to mine the planet. Um, quite honestly, the biggest proponents of, of space travel ought to be the environmentalists. <laughs> they're not because they're liberals and they're, they're inconsistent anyway. But, you know, that's a, that's a thing to think about. So I'm not saying that's going to happen, but if it does, you know, it doesn't matter where the Israelites are when God regathers them. If you are at the far reaches of the sky, he's going to gather you. So, you know, this could be in the middle of an airplane over the Pacific. This could be, as I said, on a moon of Jupiter. We don't know. But it does, I mean, it could be another star. If we developed, somehow developed a faster than light method of travel and we've colonized nearby star systems, God will regather his people. Um, do not doubt that from the ends of the sky, from there, Yahweh, your God will gather you. And from there, he will take you back and Yahweh, your God will bring you into the land, which your fathers possessed and you shall possess it. And he will prosper you and multiply you more than your fathers. The nation of Israel has never been both independently self-governing and obedient to Yahweh since the Babylonian captivity. Well, since long before the Babylonian captivity. It could be argued that they've never been uh, obedient to God, um, which is one of the reasons why all the curses fell upon them. But there is coming a day. So this is this this time of blessing. Now people say, well, the nation of Israel is self-governing now. Yes, but they're not God honoring. They're, they're, they've, you know, they've rejected their Messiah. So this is this is a time in the future. This regathering and this coming in to possess the land and prospering in it is going to take place in the millennial kingdom. Fulfilling promises like this is one of the purposes for the millennial kingdom. I believe there are other, but this is a big one. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I'm premillennial and why I believe premillennialism really does deal with the the text of the Bible as written better than any of the other systems 
of eschatology. So God will bring you into the land which your fathers possessed, and you shall possess it, and he will prosper you and multiply you more than your fathers. Moreover, Yahweh your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your seed to love Yahweh your God with all your heart and with all your soul so that you may live. This is regeneration. The, the true circumcision, the circumcision of the heart, Paul, Paul takes this metaphor and expands on it in, in the first chapters of Romans. Very key. This is regeneration. This is being brought to repentance and faith by God. This indicates that at this time of God's blessing, Israel will be a believing, God-honoring nation. And it's God's work. It's God who circumcises your heart and the heart of your seed to love Yahweh your God with all your heart and with all your soul so that you may live. That's not something that we can ever do. You know, as Jesus said to Nicodemus, unless you're born again, you will not see the kingdom of God. And we have as much to do with our new birth as we did with our physical birth. It's not something that we really take part in. It's something that happens to us. I did not cause my physical birth into this world. That was the sovereignty of God who providentially brought together my mother and my father and knit me together in my mother's womb. It was not at all a, a shock and surprise, right? God had planned that from eternity. But it wasn't anything I did. And the same is true of the new birth. So this is an action God takes on the nation of Israel, where he says, Yahweh your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your seed to love Yahweh your God with all your heart, with all your soul, so that you may live. And Yahweh your God will inflict all these curses on your enemies and on those who hate you, who persecute you, uh, who persecuted you. This is going to be in the um, during the tribulation period, the, the judgments of God falling upon the earth. And then at the end of the tribulation, when the Lord returns, you have what we call the sheep and goat judgment, where God separates the nations. And if you read carefully what Jesus is saying in the Olivet Discourse about that sheep and goat judgment, the judgment that falls upon the nations at the end of the tribulation has to do with how did they treat Israel. It's not how did they treat the church. It's how did they treat Israel. And that's a key thing because the church isn't there in the tribulation. Yes, I am a pre-trib rapture person. And yes, these are firm convictions. <laughs> I'm not casual in my eschatology. Yeah. So he's going to bring these curses on all, all the enemies of Israel who hated Israel, who persecuted Israel. And you shall return and listen to the voice of Yahweh, you being the Israelites, 
You shall return and listen to the voice of Yahweh, and you shall do all his commandments, which I am commanding you today. So there's coming a time when Israel is going to be obedient to God, something that I think we can credibly argue they have never been. Then Yahweh your God will prosper you abundantly in all the work of your hand, in the offspring of your body, and in the offspring of your cattle, and in the produce of your ground. For Yahweh will return to rejoice over you for good, just as he rejoiced over your fathers. When you listen to the voice of Yahweh your God, to keep his commandments and his statutes, which are written in this book of the law, when you return to Yahweh your God with all your heart and soul. Now, we've talked about the fact that um, in our Theology Thursdays, going through the, the 1689, we talked about the fact that the law has a place in the life of the believer. It is God's moral standard. Those who have put their faith in Jesus Christ will strive to be obedient to his law. It's not a method of salvation. It's not a way of salvation. You cannot get saved by keeping the law. But if you are saved, your desire will be to keep the law. And that's what we see here. They're going to come to faith. We start this paragraph with the circumcision of the heart that causes them to love the Lord. And then we end it with, you will um, listen to God's voice, keep his commandments and his statutes, when you return to God with all your heart and soul. So you're going to listen to the voice and you're going to keep his statutes when you return to God. Speaking to the nation of Israel. So when all y'all return to God. For this commandment which I'm commanding you today is not too difficult for you, nor is it far from you. It is not in heaven that you should say, who will go up to heaven for us and get it for us and make us hear it, that we may do it? Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, who will cross the sea for us and get it for us and make us hear it, that we may do it? But the word is very near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that you may do it. He's speaking to a people who had the inscriptured word of God. You don't have to go searching for it. You don't have to hunt for the word of God. You don't have to wait for it to come to you. It's right here. It's in the Bible. And he had given it to Israel. He has given it to the church. We don't have to, now we have to search the scriptures, but we don't have to search for the scriptures. Um, it is there, right with us the whole time. So, so many people are looking out there for something that's going to satisfy them. When the truth is, it's right here. It's right here. You don't have to search for it. It is here in front of you. So, yes, there's coming a time when God will restore Israel. Um, yeah, I'm thinking now we will do a study of the prophets when we're done with Deuteronomy because it will be a good thing to point out all of these passages that deal with the kingdom, um, the promised restoration of Israel. 
Um, it's, it's more than just the return from the Babylonian captivity. It's something that hasn't happened yet. And so we can, we can look at that in the prophets and talk about that. So I think when we're done with Deuteronomy, we will start with Isaiah, or maybe I'll do it chronologically. I'm not sure. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll think about that. I've got a few weeks. Um, want to remind you once again that I will not be here for two weeks starting Monday. I'm going to be going down to California. I'm leaving Sunday afternoon, arriving in California Monday afternoon, and I will be uh, down in California for the Shepherds Conference. And then I'm staying down there for church on Sunday. Um, I'll be going to Santa Clarita Baptist Church with my friend Dave Caldwell pastoring. Um, and and as he is always astonished that I don't drive down to the valley to to listen to John MacArthur preach. I will I will I will see John at the Shepherds Conference, but uh, I'm staying with David. <laughs> and I think that would be rather rude to go to a different church when you're staying with the pastor. Also, I love David. And I love his teaching, and I, I have gotten to know the people at Santa Clarita Baptist, and so it's a it's a fun time for all. Um, so I, I look forward to to seeing them on Sunday, and then Sunday afternoon, I'll start home, and which will put me in here Monday night, and so. Um, you know, Tuesday, I've got to return my rental car. And then, you know, that leaves Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. I preach next, uh, I preach the Sunday after I return. So Wednesday and Thursday and Friday are going to be dedicated to sermon prep and getting that ready for Sunday. Yes, I've already done a lot on it. It's part two of a two-part message. I did part one last month in Ovando. I'll be doing part two this month. Um, actually, it's still... February, isn't it? So next month. I did part one this month. I'll do part two next month. Um, and so I've already exegeted the passage that I'm doing, um, but I do need to, you know, go through it, get it fresh in my mind and all of that stuff, um, which always leads to a few edits, <laughs> um, as you can imagine, as you think of stuff. Um, so I'm, I'm living in Ephesians 1 right now. Um, in, in my personal study time. Um, so, you know, I will not be here for two weeks starting Monday. And then the week after we will resume with our normal, normal squirrel chatter, uh, podcast. So I, I am going to be, be dark for two weeks. Um, I will be tweeting from Shepcon. So if you follow me on Twitter, not the Squirrel Chat Pod Twitter, which is just the podcast stuff. But if you follow me at Shine Our Squirrel on on uh, Twitter, um, I will be tweeting from the conference. So, um, which is is just always a fun thing. So if anything notable happens, I will pop up a tweet. I always throw out a tweet um, to uh, show what uh, what uh, you know the book box is. <laughs> So you can see what the what all the free books they gave away this year are, and uh, and then pictures of friends are always thrown up on Twitter. So I am leaving Sunday after church, 
this weekend. So we've got today's Tuesday. We've got Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and Squirrel Chatter is done for two weeks. And I just want to make sure everybody is aware of that. Now, another programming note, and this is good news. I will be interviewing Scott Christensen today about his new book, Defeating Evil. And uh, that book launches March 6th. It's going to be one of the featured books at the Shepherds Conference. There's a big push on for it. Um, the, the big book, What About Evil?, which is thick. Um, and, and I'll show it to you when I do the interview. But I'll be doing that interview today. And then that will be the podcast on Thursday. So we're not going to have Theology Thursday in the 1689. We're going to have Theologian Thursday as we talk to Scott Christensen about his new book, which is a, a more accessible... Um, it's the same topic and the same um, material, really, as What About Evil? But it's at a more popular level. I, it's not simplified. I've been reading it. I'm about halfway through it. It's not simplified, but it is made more accessible. So it's condensed. It's, you know, I, I, it, it's, it's, it's more of a book that you can give somebody who's struggling with these issues where, you know, I mean, it is theology, it's going to be going to require thought and it requires just as much thought as the big one, but it maybe doesn't require as much time to read. Um, so it's, it's, you know, it, it's more accessible. It's not simpler, but it's more accessible. It's more of a popular level book. And, and so I'm looking forward to talking to Scott today about it. Um, I've been aware of it since before he started working on it, just from previous conversations he and I have had. I've known Scott for oh, four or five years, uh, something like that. Um, I reached out to him after the publication of his first book, which was What About Free Will, which is also excellent. And, uh, and so I, I reached out to him and we became acquainted and, uh, we've, uh, gotten to know each other reasonably well over the last few years. So I'm looking forward to talking to him today about the new book and, and getting that out. I said, I was aware of it, you know, when he was, when the publisher came to him and said, we need a more accessible version of this. And so that's what this new book is, Defeating Evil. So I'm going to be talking to Scott today. That will be on Thursday's podcast. So tomorrow we're back in Deuteronomy 30. And then Thursday we're talking to Scott. And then Friday we'll do Federalist Friday or maybe a Friday, Monday meandering. I'm not sure. Um, because I'm going to be gone for two weeks. There might be something I want to talk about. We'll see. I mean, this is a podcast about whatever else I want to talk about. All right. Now let us recite together our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. 
he descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now the colic for the second Sunday in Lent. Almighty God, you know that we have no power in ourselves to help ourselves. Keep us both outwardly in our bodies and inwardly in our souls, that we may be defended from all adversities that may happen to the body and from all evil thoughts that may assault and hurt the soul. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. And now the colic for peace. O God, the author of peace and lover of concord, to know you is eternal life and to serve you is perfect freedom. Defend us, your humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in your defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries. Through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And for the unrepentant we pray. Merciful God, you desire not the death of sinners, but rather that they should turn to you and live. And through your only Son, you have revealed yourself as the God who pardons iniquity. Have mercy on the unrepentant and those who do not believe. Awaken in them by your word and Holy Spirit a deep sense of their sinfulness and peril. Take from them all ignorance, hardness of heart, and contempt of your word. Grant them to know and feel that there is no other name under heaven given among men by which they must be saved, but only the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so bring them home and number them among your children, that they may be yours forever, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, world without end. Amen. All right, folks, that is Squirrel Chatter for this Tuesday. I bid you the best of days. As you go through your day today, remember to do the things you ought to do. Don't do the things you ought not to. Whatever you do, do it for the glory of the Lord. See you again here tomorrow another episode of Squirrel Chatter. Take care. God bless. Squirrel Chatter is recorded in front of a live studio hamster.